teammates, welcome to the Journeys Through Leadership podcast. Leadership is a journey. It has no end, but it starts somewhere. And we will explore the events that shape our members during their journey through leadership. Hello again, teammates, and welcome to episode 11 of the JTL podcast. I'm your host, Chief Master Sergeant Denny Richardson, New York State Command Chief. In this episode, I'm mobile again in Newburgh, New York, and I'm visiting the uh, 105th Airlift Wing. And I'm excited to be joined uh, by a member uh, of the 105th Airlift Wing, uh, Captain uh, Stephen Paladino. Welcome, Captain, and uh, thank you for being here with me today. Appreciate the opportunity, Chief. I'm excited. All right. So am I. So you ready to have some fun? Let's do it. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's kick this thing off. So uh, let's get to know you um, a little bit better. Uh, So remove the rank. Uh, Who is uh, Steve Palladino? Sure. Uh, First and foremost, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's very humbled to to be a part of this. It's an incredible thing. So thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, Steve Palladino, 29 years old, born and raised Bronx, New York. Um, engaged to a beautiful woman inside and out. Her name is Ashley. Very excited. We're getting married uh, in Italy in July. Oh, so happy to uh, be a part of that and uh, get that going after COVID and waiting all this time. You know, um, I am an entrepreneur on the outside. I have five service companies, uh, just over about a hundred employees at this point. Um, I'm involved with my favorite organization in the world. It's called the Kids for Kids organization. It's about 30 or so like-minded, um, affluent business people uh, in the New York City area that kind of came together around 12 years ago mm. uh, with the like-minded intention to just support incredible organizations. So they picked St. Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, over the last 14 years, I'm sorry, over the last 12 years, we've raised nearly about $14 million directly for St. Jude. And at the 10-year mark, uh, fortunately, we were very fortunate and blessed to continue to do well. So we expanded as well into the local community, uh, and we support Mamamides. We have an annual commitment to Mamamides in Brooklyn, an annual commitment to St. Mary's in Queens, so all local children's cancer hospitals, in addition to maintaining that relationship with St. Jude. So super passionate and excited for that. I'm also a, I'm very into uh, philanthropy, love, love getting involved in helping people. I'm a trustee for the New York State Troopers, an honorary fire chief uh, for the state of New York, and uh, very happily, the commander of the 105th Maintenance Operations Flight. Really? That, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't sleep a lot, but life is good. You know, stay busy and uh, touch a lot of things. So Stay busy. Very, very fortunate. <laughs> My goodness, man. That, that's a lot, sir. You got a lot going on. Um, you know, in your life. And, um, you know, it just goes to show that you got to be committed, uh, you know, to um, yeah, to maintain uh, you know, this ops tempo um, that you're doing uh, with everything you're doing on the outside. And then to come in and have this demanding job of being a commander uh, here for the 105th uh, maintenance uh, maintenance squadron. Um, you know, that that's a lot, sir. Um, but um, but you you do it well. Um, you don't look you don't look to be stressed. I appreciate it. It's a blessing. <laughs> Every day is a blessing, especially uh, doing the things that we're doing. And you do it all with perfect hair. <laughs> uh, it takes a little bit of work. Not as much as people think, but it takes a little bit of work. All right. Well, um, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm jealous of your hair. So, <laughs> but uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your career path and uh, what made you to decide to join the uh, Air National Guard? Sure. So I, I enlisted actually uh, in the Air National Guard in 2011. I was a Seabirney emergency management troop. Loved every minute of it. Did that for four or five years, was given a commission opportunity in 15, 
I commissioned uh, to be the maintenance operations officer downstairs in the maintenance squadron. And in 19, I uh, was uh, humbly accepted the position to be the maintenance operations flight commander. It sounds a little corny, but, um, you know, I'm from the Bronx. Where I live, you can go down to a place called Fort Schuyler in the Silver Beach area. And uh, my father worked a lot when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, so whenever I can get some time with him, loved it. You know, we would bike ride down to like our point, so to speak, overlooking the water. And I would see the skyline. And uh, when 9-11 happened... Um, he didn't come home for about a day and a half. He happened to be down there. He wasn't in the towers, but he was about two buildings off. Oh, wow. And we didn't know what happened. You know, at the time, there was not really cell phones and things like that. So we, we waited, waited, waited. And when he finally came home, the first thing we did was got on our bikes and went to that point. And this wonderful skyline that, you know, we, that I've grown up with and been a part of, couldn't see it. Couldn't see it for weeks from all the ash and all the destruction. And uh, I told him at that time, God knows how old I was, I said, I'm going to do something about this one day. And uh, when I was 17, came up here. I was actually, I went to a paramilitary college. I went to Fort Schuyler, uh, SUNY Maritime Academy. was originally going to the Marine Corps. Uh, Marine Corps did what the Marine Corps does and changes contracts and things right. like that. Had a buddy up here who was a staff sergeant, Ryan Rosa, uh, working on the aircraft. Came to look at the Marine Reserves up here, and uh, he said, hey, come across the way. You're here. You might as well look at it. Signed up on the spot with the senior master sergeant at the time, Doug Truitt, huh. in the chemical shop. It was so that's how I got here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, you you share um, that passion and that that energy and that commitment uh, with a lot of others uh, from that tragic day, uh, you know, in, in our history. So um, but thank you for what you've done, um, you know, in um, and uh, making sure that that tragic day uh, doesn't ever happen again. And so yeah, greatly appreciate it, sir. All right. So, um, you know, you talked a little bit about your, your current career field. Can you go a little bit more in depth to, you know, what does Captain Steve Palladino do for the 109th, uh, excuse me, for the 105th uh, maintenance squadron? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chief. So uh, the maintenance operations flight is responsible for basically we're the middle guy, which is, is uh, something I personally love to be. I love to be right in the center and, and kind of in between things, making connections. So uh, we're divided by a multitude of shops, all that communicate. Anything going on with the aircraft, uh, from the moment that the aircraft takes off to the maintenance that has to be scheduled, the moment that it lands, we are in the we are in the fight with every single launch, every single landing, takeoff, and different. So we schedule all the maintenance. We have all the mock controllers. Uh, we handle all of the training. We have our RA up here. We're we are right hand to the colonel. We're on the same floor as the colonel for the maintenance group uh, that runs the group. And uh, really, just that connecting factor for all the maintenance and the operations, uh, like. Oh, all right. So how many people are, do you manage? Right? 18. 18. All right. And so a lot of responsibility. Um, so talk a little bit about the airframe that we, we have here at the uh, 105th. Yep. So we have a C-17. When I first came on, we had C-5s. I came on about two years in. We started the conversion. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful aircraft, tactical aircraft. I've had the pleasure of uh, taking some uh, mission essential personnel missions down to Bagram and places like that, Ramstein, uh, on the aircraft just to see what it can do. And uh, for such a large airframe to be able to tactical dive and do these touch and goes, it's uh, conceptually scary, but it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And the people that work on the aircraft, the people that fly the aircraft uh, are amazing alike. It's it's, uh, it's something unbelievable. Well, yeah, I, that's one of the aircraft between that one and the A-10 uh, fighter good. aircraft. I love seeing those two planes in the air. You know, it, it's just a thing of beauty. Um, all right. Great. Thank you for sharing that, sir. Greatly appreciate it. So, 
So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you like most about being in the military and um, how do you stay motivated uh, to perform at such a high level? Now, you have a lot going on, not only in your military, uh, but in your civilian uh, side of the sector as well. And, uh, you know, I'm just interested. I'm sure the listeners are, you know, uh, what keeps Steve Palladino motivated? (laughs) Two words, Chief, the people. In this life, it is my opinion, uh, military, on the outside, it doesn't matter what you do, who you are, where you come from. People are your most valuable asset. They're life's most valuable asset. And the people that figure that out are the people, in my opinion, that, are, that become successful. Um, we all have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you are, what you do, what your MOS, your AFSC, whether you're the guy pumping gas or you're the guy flying airplanes, it, it really makes no difference. Every single person brings something to the table. And I've, I've had the privilege to find out that uh, we're all much more alike than we think. Yes. We just got to give each other the opportunity to get there. So when I see that I can directly impact someone's life, uh, that is the motivation that keeps me going in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's awesome, sir. And, uh, you know, I think when I first met you, um, I can I can see that I think we had a connection, you know, and, yeah. you know, when we first uh, when we first met and uh, you came up to me and you was like, hey, you know, uh, I believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, whatever you need from me, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. And, uh, and that day I was like, man, I need to get him on the podcast. You know, we we need to make this a reality. So and um, and I, I had the the opportunity of seeing you, um, you know, um seeing you um, in action, uh, working down at the uh, Javits Center, um, you know, during the uh, the vaccination. And, you know, it was a thing of beauty to see that operation actually uh, play out. Um, you know, it was a huge task, um, you know, to try to administer. How many uh, vaccines were we administering? We touched across the state over a million vaccines, but specifically there, 650,000 plus. 650,000. How many were we doing a day? Uh, so at at our, our highest tempo, fifteen thousand. Wow! And it was a multitude of vaccines, so it was a very intricate operation to make sure that the the person coming for, for example, uh, Johnson Johnson got Johnson Johnson, didn't get Moderna, or didn't get the, uh, you know, um, any of any of the wrong vaccine for that matter. It was definitely quite a quite a moving operation. It was again just an incredible, humbling experience. I was the uh, special assistant to the incident commander. 06 Army. So to have uh, the Air Force officer kind of get in that uh, position was was remarkably humbling. But we 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 did some damage. We did good things. Yeah, no, you really did. And, uh, you know, when I was down there, you know, I was just impressed by how smooth the operation was actually being ran. Um, you know, the effectiveness and the efficiency. And, you know, and it didn't seem like you, know, you put in 15000 people a day. But it didn't seem like folks were waiting in long lines or, you know, everything was organized and it was on point. And, um, you know, and I think your leadership had a lot, you know, to to do with that. So yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I would love to take the credit. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it really came down to the soldiers, the airmen, sailors, Marines, Coast Guard. Uh the operation was so smooth and effortless in a sense, just because of all the incredible troops we had. We had people from all over the state. Uh, bringing what they bring to the table and it showed. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. So, you know, making a difference. Yeah, absolutely, sir. All right. All right. So uh, let's talk about challenges. Uh, what challenges have you faced um, and how have you overcame them? How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there are two pillar challenges for me. One was, uh, you know, I started my first business, um, you know, by myself, 19, 20 years old. And I would literally go into buildings 
and wait in the lobby and try to get the building manager an engineer or something like that. And I would wait for hours. I didn't, didn't grow up with a, a lot, uh, contrary to belief, wore the same suit, just changed the tie, kind of, kind of yeah. got in there and just waited to catch somebody walking out to lunch and tried to get their ear for a few minutes, catch their ear and say, Hey, what would you do if you can start something and what could you do? And, um, even after I, was given the opportunity to start doing some business and finding kind of my, my creed there. Uh, it's, it was hard being the kid in the room, you know, and, and I think that that has a lot of impact in el- any element, not just business, but especially in the military. I remember being an A1C and walking into the room and seeing a colonel and, and almost getting nervous, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of intimidation. So I think one of the bigger challenges was bridging that, that, that gap and that connection and kind of just being fortunate enough to get to where I am today. And the, the second one, uh, very close relationship with my father, about eight years ago, sitting down at the table, Mother's Day, packed restaurant, 150 people, and we're talking like we always did, and uh, out of nowhere, he just grabs his head, and uh, never had any medical problems in our life. Um, I asked him if he's okay, he stopped talking, he was a, he was a heavier set guy, so he loved his food, just like every good Italian, yeah. and uh, said, I want to go home, I don't want to eat, and God was with me that day, because I don't know why to this day, I can't explain it, but... I said, just, just just wait five minutes. 90 seconds later, collapsed, wasn't breathing. I personally resuscitated him. Um, and uh, and our, our dynamic changed as a family with respect to him, of course. Uh, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. He actually just passed away in June, unrelated. But um, I kind of became dad at 20, and and, uh, wow. and he became son. And, uh, you know, I have a sister and a mother that were dependent on, on him and, and me alike. So uh, just pushing through uh, those things really kind of grew me up quick, yeah. which I'm grateful for, not not the reasoning for it, but the result. And uh, and the reason why I share that is because my advice to everyone is when you see a challenge, just run through that wall. Hmm. We, you know, we're our, we're our biggest uh, cr- uh, critiquing person or, you know, uh, we're our biggest enemy yes. in that regard in the sense of that. So we can get past ourselves. You can get past anything. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for that vulnerability and, uh, and sharing that uh, that powerful message with us. So, um I, I sense um, a, a a strength and a foundation, um, and, and and I don't know what it is, but it, I think it's probably your, your, your father. I think you get that get that from your father. So, um, you know, so um, sorry for your tragic loss, um, but thank you uh, for sharing that with us today. I greatly appreciate you, sir. Um, so, what advice uh, would you give uh, younger members looking to follow in your footsteps? What advice? Um, two things. First thing is kind of what I just t- uh, t- touched on. Your whatever makes you uncomfortable, that's what you should focus on. Run through it. You are your your own worst enemy when it comes to your mind. You start fabricating all these stories um, in your mind of how bad things can go, and the odds are they probably won't. You just gotta take it as it comes, um, and treat your people incredibly well. When you take care of people in this world, they will take care of you. And uh, I think that I attribute everything that I have in this life to the big man upstairs, but also mm-hmm. to every single person around me. I would be nothing uh, if it weren't for the people people around me. The last thing I would say, Chief, is I, lo- I really wanted to hit on this one when uh, I knew we were going to talk. I just had a feeling a question like this would come up, <laughs> especially towards the military side of the house. Do not let rank intimidate you. Mm-hmm. When you take the uniform off, whether you're the state command chief, whether you're a captain, whether you're a colonel, brigadier general, it doesn't make a difference. When you take this uniform off, 
we all got the same thing going on. Hmm. We're all people. We all bring something to the table. And I think that rank shies people away from confrontation. My, my uh, fiance will tell you that my, one of my favorite words is confrontation. When people hear that, they think I'm crazy. Like, oh, he just said that. <laughs> confrontation, by definition, is not an aggressive word. It's literally addressing something. And if you do it with poise... You know, you'll, yes. you'll, you'll, you'll succeed. So don't be afraid to, to get out there and, and uh, gain those mentors and, and cross those bridges because odds are you might have a great idea to bring to the table that you may have been afraid to ask. And now those people are incredibly grateful that you, you spoke up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You're absolutely right, sir. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, to me, uh, that's one of, uh, you know, the, um, the, the things we kind of get in our own way when we talk about trying to be a, a more innovative force. And, you know, we have those younger members, you know, who who are, you know, intimidated, you know, by by rank. Um, and, and they don't have to be, you know, because we definitely want to hear from those younger members because that's how we're going to change. That's how we're going to make a difference. That's how we're going to continue to evolve, you know, as as an enterprise, you know. And, um, and you said another thing um, and I, I love to always say it and it's, uh, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, you know, that's how we grow and that's how we learn. Um, all right. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, so uh, this is a question that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so uh, what do you expect uh, from your leaders? What do I expect from my leaders? I think that's probably one of the most important questions here. Um, I have been remarkably fortunate to have incredible, incredible mentors in my life, both on the civilian side and on the military side. And again, I attribute all of everything and anything that I have to those people around me. Uh, what I ask of my leaders and all leaders alike to include you and myself and every single person wearing this uniform because we're all leaders. Give time. Actually, genuinely care about the time you give. Care about what Denny Richardson's doing. Know what his wife's name is. Know what his, his child's name is. Nobody likes. Know what his hobbies are. Recognize his facial expressions enough. Take the time to do that so that when his facial expression's off, you know about it. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, teach me how to get to where you are. Hmm. When I look at an 06, I don't necessarily get intimidated. I say, how do I do that? Hmm. And uh, I think bridging that gap and, and showing people you're being a little vulnerable, like you said before, being vulnerable, show people what you did right and show people what you did wrong yes. so that they don't make the same mistakes and they can capitalize on the on the correct actions and, and pass it forward. We all want to be successful. We all want to be the state command chief. <laughs> you know, we all want to we all want to do these things. And uh, I guarantee the the multitude of people listening to this military civilian alike are all saying, how do I be that guy? Get the star on there. Be the man of the state and get my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> show them how to do it. I'm going to have to show them how to do it. All right, sir. You, you, you got it. And um, yeah, um, connection. Uh, connection is the key uh, to, to knowing your people and um, not being afraid to be vulnerable, you know, in order to connect, you know, with the folks. And, you know, and, and you and I both know to build those credible connections. It takes time. You know, it, it takes a commitment. You have to be committed, you know, to, to doing it. Um, you know, there's a wrong way to do it. Uh, and there's a right way to do it you now. And, you know, the young members will know, you know, if you're doing it the wrong way, if you're doing it just to be doing it or if you're doing it because you really 
care because you really want to build that connection. You really want to make that impact with members. So, um, so thanks for bringing that up and bringing that to our attention. Um, you know, greatly appreciate that. So, and, um, and, and you and I both know, you know, developer of, of Airmen. That's what we're here for. You know, we, we, we are here to make things better for the next generation. You know, it's not about, you know, I, I fully understand uh, that, uh, you know, what got me here will not get the next generation here. Exactly. You know, so we have to be adaptable. We, we have to be able uh, to be comfortable, you know, and confident in our own ability where we meet our members to where they are and then bring them back with us. Took the words right out of my mouth, honestly. Yes, sir. You know what? We can sit here and talk about this all day. Yes, <laughs> all right. Good stuff, sir. Uh, so, uh, Man, I'm afraid to ask this next question because you've already done so much. You've already impacted, you know, so many lives, you know, not only in uniform, uh, but out of uniform as well. But um, so what's next for Steve Palladino? Um, what does the future hold for you, sir? Um, well, in the immediate future, look forward to getting married. <laughs> Been waiting for that. You know, uh, I know Ashley since we're 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we weren't together the entire time, of course, not like that, but fate brings you back, and that's how you know it's real. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, squadron, the largest squadron command and, and, uh, and beyond. I've, I've always wanted to be uh, in uniform, in a, in a leadership position, not for salutes or for serve sandwiches or any of that stuff, but simply to be able to have the authority to make the difference in someone's career and someone's life. And that sounds cookie-cutter and corny, but hand to God, you ask anybody that uh, works with me here, I guarantee you, I'm very confident in saying that they will tell you that that's the real reason why I'm here. So hope to do that. And um, huge in philanthropy, really constantly always trying to find something to do and give back to. And with the recent passing of my father, I want to either establish um, my own charity and, and really branch and dig into that, or at least uh, in the beginning, some type of scholarship fund or something like that in his name, maybe like a wing in a hospital or something like that, where we can kind of just um, impact lives, touch lives. Yes, sir. Outstanding, sir. So you say fiance names? Ashley? Ashley. You're in love with her, aren't you? We have a very funny story, and I think uh, some of the younger listeners here, if you if you, if you give me two minutes, <laughs> yes, I'll tell you, ahead, some, of the funny li- some of the younger listeners here will actually appreciate this. So when I was a kid, we had, you know, AOL profiles. So AOL, you would go on your profile, and you'd put pictures. There was nothing you can write or anything like that. You'd put pictures of your friends, and it was you weren't cool if you weren't on your friend's AOL profile. <laughs> and uh, I remember being at my friend Lewis's house, and he's clicking through, and, and I saw a picture of Ashley. And I stopped, and I said... Hand to God, Chief. And most people don't believe this, but you ask Ashley, you ask her, you ask Lou, you ask him. I said, who's that? And we were kids. I mean, and he goes, that's Ashley. I said, Lou, I'm going to marry that girl one day. <laughs> Hand to God. And he said, yeah, okay. You probably won't ever talk to her. And uh, it definitely took some 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 uh, some work and some time, 20-something plus years later. But we're here, and uh, uh, life wouldn't be the same without us. So. Right. Well, thank you for saying that. And the reason why I asked you that, because every time you brought a name up, you have a glow about you. Thanks yeah. for saying that on the uh, speaker there. So when she hears this later, Chief, I appreciate it. You have a glossiness over your eyes, you know, and uh, so so she she definitely has made a made an impact on you. So. So. <laughs> well, hey Ashley, thank you very much uh, for sharing, uh, you know, your wonderful fiance with us. Uh, you know, we greatly appreciate it, and um, 
Um, I haven't met you yet, but I'm looking forward to meeting you. Um, and I'm telling you right now, this man loves you. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you, Chief. I'll give you the 20 bucks after. And, uh, and we'll make that meeting occur. All right. Sounds good, sir. Though. <laughs> so, all right. So every time I ask this question to younger members, you know, like yourself, they, they always look at me like, oh, I really don't have one, that, you know. So I'm thinking that this is an old person's question, but I'm going I'm to ask it anyway. So um. If you had a bucket list, you know, what would it be? What would be number one on your bucket list? So I have a bucket list. I do. Um, I, I rank it in order of what's attainable in a quicker period of time. So in the immediate future, uh, I want to start a family. I'm very eager to do so um, after the wedding, please. But I do want to start a family. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of people can relate to this, or at least I hope a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, I'm at the age, you know, I'm pushing 30 years old, where a lot of everybody's getting married, everybody's having their kids, doing all these things. And, and I always knew I wanted children. It was never a question. But I have friends that are like, you know, I really am ready to have a, have a son or a daughter or something like that. And I would go, man, I, I know I want it, but like, I want to feel it in my bones, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, unfortunately it took the pass of my father the minute that, uh, that happened and we went through photos and just experiences and setting all this stuff up, uh, it, it hit my heart heavy where I said, well, I want to be a dad, mm-hmm. you know? So I, we're going to, we're going to keep on pressing here. We're going to keep on pressing with, uh, civilian life and, and philanthropy and all that jazz, but I, I'm about ready after the wedding to, uh, to start a family and ask on the same page. So it's going to be the, the beginning of the marriage uh, looks pretty, pretty, pretty bright. <laughs> All right. That, that's a beautiful thing. That's <laughs> yeah, <Chief. laughs> All right. Good stuff. Oh man, time flies when you're having fun. Um, so I really have enjoyed this conversation here with you today, sir. Um, I, I cannot thank you enough. So um, closing comments, uh, what closing thoughts, messages uh, would you like to leave with the listeners today? Well, first off, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity. I was remarkably humbled, and I, I truly do mean that. Um, I could talk forever, as you can probably see in the <laughs> listeners kind of here, but I'll leave you with a couple corny sayings that I truly do live my life by, and then uh, some, some wise words. So the first one is, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. It's okay to eat. Eat with your friends. Eat with the people that you love, mm. and you'll, you'll never eat alone. Mm. Um, and lastly, again, just... Really grab that discomfort and run through the wall. Don't think about it. Get out there. Make those relationships. People are truly everything. Again, I'm going to say it again. People and the people in your lives, whether you know them yet or not, will impact every aspect of your lives. And if you're lucky enough, you'll you'll impact every aspect of theirs. Mm. And if you keep doing that and you keep trickling down... Maybe you'll be sitting with the state command chief on a podcast one day. You never know uh, how it plays out, but I would leave it with that, chief. Mic drop. Mic drop. But but don't drop that one because it's expensive. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for that, sir. Uh, so, well, teamies, uh, that's it for episode 11. Uh, Captain Paladino, um, I thank you for, for the conversation today, uh, for your willingness to share your story. Uh, for your your vulnerability and also for your commitment uh, to excellence um, as well as leadership and your love, passion and obsession for people. Uh, Greatly appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Well, teammates, another successful recording episode complete. As always, a shout out to the one on life airlift wing public affairs section, especially the person behind the scenes, Mrs. Jackie Lyons, for keeping us organized and on point. Until the next JTL episode, I leave you with a quote from General Colin Powell. A dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. Keep aiming high, teammates. 
Until the next episode, Chief out. <laughs>